The peace of our Lord Jesus Christ be always with you on this Resurrection of the Lord Sunday. The Gospel passage today is from the Gospel of Matthew, the 28th chapter, beginning with the first verse and continuing through the 10th verse. We have all been waiting. In this world of COVID-19, we all have been waiting. But for what are we waiting? It is hard for us to put it into words. We are waiting for the pandemic to be over. We are waiting for those who are sick to recover. We are waiting for the stock market to rebound. We're waiting for the doors of the church to be open for in-person worship. We're waiting for school to start, for our routines to go back to being as they were before, before we were under orders to stay at home. We want things to be like they were before we had to wear masks in public. We want things to be normal again. We're waiting for a solution to the inexplicable. We're waiting for deliverance from being vulnerable to viruses, of course, and from death but even more from our selfishness and hoarding that makes the pandemic even worse. In short, we want to be saved from ourselves now. These moral questions are not new. The great reformer Martin Luther experienced a similar time when the bubonic plague returned to the city of Wittenberg, Germany in 1527. Previously, the plague had killed more than 25% of Europe's population in the 14th century. Just as we are tired of waiting for things to get better, Luther, as the religious leader of his community, was faced with a question, may one flee the city in a time of plague? In words that sound familiar to us, he suggested that people stay at home and wait by saying, I shall fumigate, help purify the air, administer medicine, and take it. I shall avoid places and persons where my presence is not needed in order not to become contaminated and thus perchance infect and pollute others. Luther knew that in times like the ones we are experiencing, prudent people do not try to flee, but instead put their plans on hold. They wait. And so on this Resurrection of the Lord Sunday, we wait. We wait for someone or something to deliver us, but we do not wait alone. Mary Magdalene and the other Mary had been waiting, waiting for what seemed like the longest day of the year to be over. For they had been there. They had witnessed Jesus' last breath on the cross. They had been there when Joseph of Arimathea laid Jesus' body in the tomb and when he rolled a huge stone over the door. But then they had to wait. They had to wait until the Sabbath had passed to visit the tomb. Oh, they knew what to expect. Death has Jesus. In the end, death had won. Jesus is now helpless. He is now hopeless. He's wrapped in his shroud and buried in his tomb. Death has him all tied up, or at least that's what they thought. As they approach the tomb, their world is turned upside down again. A terrifying earthquake disrupts their footing and their lives. 
similar to the way that we've all been shaken in fear from the spread of COVID-19. On that first Easter morning, God breaks through. The earth begins to shake and tremble. The earthquake brings change, turmoil, and disruption. Disruption to expectations and disruption to life as usual. For you see, the women were not the only ones present at the tomb. No, Pilate had posted guards, guards who were there to make sure that the seal of the tomb, the one that Pilate ordered, was not broken. I imagine when the earth shook and the tomb was open, the guards were even more terrified than the women. The day before, the chief priests and Pharisees had reminded Pilate that Jesus had said he would rise from the grave. They told Pilate they were afraid that some of Jesus' followers would try to seal his body from the tomb. But the chief priests and Pharisees also had an unstated fear, a fear that was deep within their hearts. It was a fear that they did not speak, even to each other. They were afraid that this man that they had crucified would really come alive again, as he had promised. They were afraid that the dead body in the tomb disfigured by the mutilations of the cross, would begin to breathe again. They were afraid that Jesus' body would stand up in his grave clothes and move toward them with unspeakable power. To maintain their influence and position, this simply could not happen. So the chief priests and Pharisees wanted to make sure that Pilate pulled out the stops to make Jesus' tomb as secure as possible. Pilate did order the tomb sealed and the guards posted just to make sure Jesus' body stayed right where Joseph of Arimathea had left it. It is no wonder that the guards were terrified, for when the earth began to shake, an angel of the Lord rolled back the stone and the tomb was empty. The guards were petrified in fear, terrified that Jesus' body had disappeared on their watch as well as terrified of what would happen next. As the women are dumbstruck and are literally trying to keep their footing, an angel says, Do not be afraid. Have you ever noticed that every time an angel in the Bible tells someone, Do not be afraid, there is a very good reason why rational people should be scared out of their wits? That Easter was no exception. The angel atop the stone echoes the voices of the angels present at Jesus' birth. Do not be afraid. He continues by saying, I know that you are looking for Jesus, who has been crucified, but he is not here. He has been raised from the dead, just like he told you he would be. Come, look inside the tomb. They look inside, but there is no body. The tomb is empty. They'd come to do the right thing. They'd come to do right by the dead, to clean up the mess, to spread their spices and liniment to cover up the stench. Because death stinks, and they knew that death always wins. No matter, they came to do right by the dead, just like we would. They look inside, but there is no body. The tomb is empty. They'd come to do the right thing, but what is this? They are appalled. Jesus should be here, and he should be dead. Instead, the well-fortified tomb is empty. 
How can this be? There are many kinds of empty. A sky that is empty of clouds when you're hoping to have a picnic and a sky of clouds when you're bone dry and need rain. There's an empty stomach when you're on a diet and well fed but struggle for more. And then there's an empty stomach when you're hungry but there is no food for you to eat. There's an empty feeling when you have poured yourself out in ministry by giving all that you have to others. And then there's the empty feeling when you are so lonely you cannot feel compassion for anyone else. And there is an empty room when you know someone you love is on their way home. And then there's the kind of empty when you know that they're not. So there are all kinds of empty. An empty tomb does not sound like a good kind of empty, does it? The women and guards are seized with fear because the tomb was empty. And yet when the angel announces the tomb is empty, it is a cry of victory, not loss, a declaration of love, not horror. The angel tells the women, go and tell others the tomb is empty. Well, the women are scared out of their wits by the emptiness. They would have known what to do if Jesus' dead body had been there. After all, they had cared for the dead many, many times. They would have done right by the dead just as we would. They would have been able to place their spices and liniment to preserve his body. They would have been able to keep the stench to a minimum. But as they look inside the tomb, all that is left are the strips of cloth that Jesus was buried in, lying on the t- floor of the tomb. In a resurrection that no human eye could see, those pieces of cloth fell to the floor and Jesus rises forever free. Because of Jesus' eternal love, the tight bonds of death could not hold on to Jesus. The tomb could not hold Jesus. Nothing could hold Jesus. Thanks to the resurrection, what bound Jesus gets left behind so he can be embraced by a life that has no end. Jesus is raised from the dead so he can live. So the good news of the gospel is that we too have been raised from the dead on this Easter Sunday so we can live. St. Paul reminds us that all Christians who are baptized share in the dying and raising, raising of Christ now. God's love continues to raise us up from the parts of life that tend to destroy us in this life and in the life to come. This means that God's love is stronger than anything that is trying to stifle you, anything that is trying to rob you of living life to the fullest, or that is preventing you from experiencing joy. God's love is greater than any virus with all its restrictions that attempt to destroy our freedom, our livelihoods, and our interactions with others. Whatever is trying to constrain you is no match for the powerful love of the one whose tomb is empty. On that first Easter morning, the angel told the women to go and ring some doorbells because they had a message that needed to be told. They needed to tell and people needed to hear that Jesus has been raised from the dead. As they do what God through the angel told them to do, they meet Jesus. What is tying you up in knots this Easter Sunday? What is holding you back? What has ensnared you, grabbed you, bound you? The powerful love of the risen one is calling you. Come to me. Leave the rest of that stuff behind. What is binding you? 
Is it the fear of becoming ill or the fear of death? Are you wound tightly by jealousy? Is pride keeping you from stepping out in faith? Are you hoarding items because your selfishness has kept you from being generous? What is binding you? Is it addiction, anger, lack of forgiveness? What is binding you? Is it painful memories from the past, struggles in the present, or uncertainty about the future? Whatever binds you, the powerful love of Jesus is calling you. Your wait is over. Come to life. Leave the rest behind. And from the empty tomb, the same message echoes through the centuries. Death tried to keep Jesus down, but his father's love raised him up. The familiar phrase, you can't keep a good man down, is testimony to the power of God the Father. Nothing could keep Christ down, not gravity, not even gravity. So when he went up to overcome death and everything else that, he, that tries to keep us bound, he overcomes any attempt to crush our spirits or destroy us with loss, sadness, or despair. Jesus rose from the grave, and when he did, he overcame all the weight, the heaviness of life. Our wait for someone to save us from ourselves is now over. Since death could not keep Jesus down, then nothing on earth can control you or bind your life or steal the joy that comes from the risen Jesus. And so today is the day to stop trying to do right by the dead. For the saints who have gone on before are alive in the heart of God. This is the sure and certain hope given to us this day in the risen Christ. Instead, rejoice and do right by your living. Call someone who is lonely. Help someone who is hurting. Open the eyes of love for someone who is blind. Free someone who has lost hope. Heal a wound. Feed someone who is hungry. Give your gifts of love so others may live. So today is the day for us to stop being afraid, to stop being afraid of the COVID-19 virus, to stop being afraid we'll become sick, to stop being afraid to die. Today is the day for us to know that God's love is stronger than death. Today is the day that Christ has burst from the tomb. The tomb is empty. He is risen. Christ our Lord is risen indeed. Alleluia. Amen.
Try.